0: Welcome back, NFL draft fans. It is that time of year. Everybody starts talking about the quarterback position, and we're going to do that too. A couple of high-profile expectations have been set. We're going to break those down. Who is where right now in college football as it looks like this draft class, and who can help an NFL needy franchise? We're going to get knee deep into it. Coming up now on Locked On NFL Draft.
1: our Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I want to thank you for making this your first listen of the day. As always, I'm Eric Crocker, former NFL and NFL defensive back, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Ryan Tracy. How you doing?
0: Hey, hey, hey! Thank you guys for listening to us now, and check out the other shows as well. Um, Eric's locked on Niners just had a big win; that's worth listening to for certain. And um, they have a couple of quarterbacks. It's this it's this point, right? Like now, you're seeing some of the quote unquote go to guys that want to talk draft class start to come out with a couple of little things it's it's inching out nobody's giving out any rankings that i think we need to run down yet or anything but just little bits and pieces and one was really intriguing this week uh from Todd Mcshay right I'm Mcshay so i'm watching the espn
1: and i hear Todd Mcshay talking and then uh McLeroy he kind of expanded on it but Mcshay he ranked his three three quarterbacks right now we're early in the process and we've all seen how this draft stuff works man i mean it can start <laughs> off as three guys and then by the time The picks are about to roll in. It could be a totally, you know, just different group of guys after you get, you know, measurements, uh, height, weight, speed, all that good stuff. But uh, McShay, number one quarterback he has right now, no other than, like we all expected, Kenny Pickett (laughs) from Pittsburgh. So, he had Kenny Pickett. He had uh, uh, Malik Willis and Matt Corral. That was his order, one, two, three, respectively, right there. So, uh, when you hear that Kenny Pickett has kind of – Boosted his way all the way up to the top quarterback in his class. What's the first thing that kind of comes to your mind?
0: All the way up. That's that's the key, right? Like from where? Because I went back and I looked and I pulled all the resources who have you know analysts that that I trust that I want to hear their opinion. I might not agree with them, but it's worth looking at it, right? And from from the majors like CBS and ESPN all the way down to some of the more eclectic guys that I follow. Nobody had Kenny Pickett in the top. Mm. Nobody. Mm. I find that hugely, hugely hugely telling about what this season means for his evolution, for his evaluation, right? This is a guy who's thrown a lot of passes in his career. And for him not to even be on the radar and then bump all the way up to McShay, of all people's, top player at the position, I think that's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, and it just shows you how fast things can kind of change in the college football landscape. You know, early on... We were looking at look, Spencer Rattler. I think teams had him, or not teams, but, you know, sites had him potentially being the number one overall pick. And now Spencer Rattler, he's not the number one quarterback on his team right now in college. So things change really fast. Another guy that people like was Sam Howell. And we got to watch Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell really just live and mm-hmm. kind of have a side-by-side comparison of what they look like. And, and not just from a st- statistical standpoint or how the game turned out, but just how the ball comes out their hands, you know, who handles the elements better, you know, who's able to kind of move around and make plays more, who's able to make the throws when needed. And that was a game that ultimately ended up being a good game going into overtime, things like that. But um, Kenny Pickett clearly is a guy who is standing out and maybe I don't, I want to say separating himself because just a couple of weeks ago, we thought maybe Matt Corral was separating himself from the rest of the class, but mm-hmm. Maybe looking like a guy that's ready to really kind of take that lead. But the next thing that was really interesting from me watching that segment on ESPN was uh, McElroy said that he thinks this is possibly the worst quarterback class since 2013, which had Geno Smith and uh, uh, EJ Manuel. And shout out to Geno Smith. You know, I was on that Jets team that he was drafted to. <laughs> but uh, and I. I remember what he was going through, man. As a guy getting drafted to New York City, and just the expectations there. Remember, there was Mark Sanchez there as well, and and mm-hmm. I know I was just curious, like, hmm, like you know, what's going to happen with this quarterback thing. But I would hang out with Geno Smith, and sometimes you know, be in the hotel room playing video games and things like that. And you could just see the stress that yeah. he was under, you know. And I mean day drinking and all type of stuff. I was like, man, that's a lot of pressure to be, to be the savior that's supposed to be the savior of the New York Jets. But saying that was one of the worst quarterback classes in recent memory, and this class might rival that.
0: Yeah, that's that actually says a lot. And credit to Gino, Still in there, still mixing it up, still throwing stuff out on social media here with, <laughs> within the last week, but a survivor. Not many from that class can you say that of. And, and maybe that's what this boils down to. Maybe it's just the fact that we've been we've seen a lot of quarterbacks recently come in and play right away and make some some headway. This is this is a young quarterback league it feels like right now and maybe that standard is what we're we're not seeing this class measure up to. There might be several serviceable and I won't say franchise defining quarterbacks in this class, but several that I think can be that head of the franchise and have a solid career that can lead their group through the process. I think actually we need to take a couple of shots at those guys and see where you and I think that they are. Then we'll go down the list here. Uh, We have plenty to go over, but we have some other things that we got to take care of too.
1: Yeah, so speaking of, you know, other things that we have to take care of, and I want to talk to all the Locked On NFL Draft fans and tell them about this incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. my listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you have to do is just download the GetUpside app in your App Store or Google Play Store right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, all right? And you're going to get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's just $0.50 cents cash Back, don't pay full price at a pump ever again. All right, get cash back by using GetUpside. And again, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first full tank. Some people who drive a lot, and again, I I live in the South. I live in Southeast Arkansas. I'm in a small town of 10,000 people. There's only, shoot, there's one highway that stretches the town that's maybe, you know, 10 miles long. All right, I'm not doing a whole lot of driving, but people that are doing much more driving, I mean, they're, used, they're, spent, they're getting back. Up to two three hundred dollars a month just from using this app, and it's really easy to cash out. You can use your bank account, your PayPal, e gift card, Amazon's, whatever it is that you use. But to get this, you have to download the app first. So download the app, get upside, and use the promo code touchdown. All right, do that right now. So we were going to talk about some of these other guys in this class. And and, and first, you talked about not really like franchise-changing guys, potentially, right? We don't see that type of talent. And it's great. You know, I see Tom McShay. He has uh, Malik Willis as QB, too, in this class. Mm-hmm. And if I had to compare him to one guy, it would probably be like Tyrod Taylor. And if you think about Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor, you know, he's definitely had a fine NFL career. Mm-hmm. But nothing franchise-changing, he has contributed to a team going to the playoffs. Uh, that was with the Chargers, I believe. Uh, you know, he's been on several teams. He's been a starter. He's kind of that bridge guy, but he's kind of built like Malik Willis. He throws like him. You know, just everything about them kind of looks very similar. And I think there's more of that in this class than that standout guy. Now again, we're talking about humans here. We're talking about prospects, and things can change. You never know what somebody can be. We're going to get to Mac Jones in a little bit. And obviously he's hit the ground running and has looked like he potentially can be franchise changing. Right. But right now, as we just look at this class, it's just not that guy that just really stands out. I do want to ask you, is there a guy that you think potentially can be, that can kind of come out of nowhere and make something happen with an organization. I think the guy that comes to mind for me is like Desmond Ritter, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're kind of look at him and it's like, oh, kind of average. But you see all these things that he can do well with the mobility, with the arm strength, and, you know, he's, he's more of a veteran, you know, compared to a lot of these other guys coming out. I could see him being maybe a day two pick, but end up hitting the ground running and actually be really good for a franchise. Do you have a guy in mind that can potentially be that kind of guy? I think there's
0: several, and I and I agree with you. Like if I had to rank them right now, and I'll just I'll just stay with McShay's concept. Is just the top three right now. I'd have Ritter in that. Yeah, I I would have it right now as Pickett Corral Ritter, and I think maybe this isn't what we're used to in like the phenom college guy that comes out as a junior or comes out, you know, if you get that early sophomore eligibility, that kind of thing. Like these guys are more steady developers, it feels like. I think Pickett, uh, obviously the scope of his career has to show you that, right? But that doesn't mean that the development stops when they become a rookie. It feels like these might be guys that they might not be, like you said, franchise defining, like first year, second year, maybe by third year, maybe they can get there. But it does feel like a, several of them could be – franchise saving like Tyrod to be a backup to be the younger guy that could come in and save a season if you lose your starter or something like that for an NFL franchise that really just needs someone to helm and has the weapons that can help them and right now that's kind of where I would see it although I will say Pickett's probably the most defined he's probably got the, the least upside of where you see his game, right? I don't know right. if that's – from what I've seen live, again, haven't break, broke down the film yet, but that's what it looks like. Whereas Corral has obviously the skills with his legs a lot more. Maybe that is an X factor that allows him to have a higher ceiling. Ritter's kind of that in between, but I think those three right now are the three that stand out to me most. There's, there's obviously Bailey Zabby who's making a name for himself. You have some of the other guys on the list like, uh, like Howell and Hartman that have had flashes. But I think the, the top the top tier is probably only those three guys, and that top tier might not even come around until like the mid-20s.
1: Now, now here's the question: if you are a team and you know you're you it's like hey, I need a quarterback, and you're looking at this class and you're like, Oh, it's not this sexy of classes. Do you potentially pass on drafting one of these guys because they're not viewed as franchise changing and maybe go out and Potentially trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, who may be available, uh, mm-hmm. potentially sign a guy like, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota, you know, maybe a Tyrod Taylor. We've talked about him. Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubisky, who small sample size in preseason, but he looked improved and he's had an opportunity for the game to kind of slow down for him playing in Buffalo Will a team potentially resort to one of those guys as opposed to drafting uh, Malik Henry because they don't think that he's franchise genius. But we see it every year. Quarterbacks, no matter how good you think they are, they're going to get pushed up boards.
0: I think they will get pushed up. And, and for me in particular, it's it's got to be about fit with those free agents. I think you've seen Garoppolo be, perform better this year than maybe people have expected when he's been in there. I think there was a lot of, and I certainly was one of them, that I want to see Trey Lance play. But is he ready? That That's okay. I think is actually showing that he's he's still serviceable. And if he can fit in another offense, it's one thing to play for Kyle Shannon. It might be a very different thing to play for someone else. I think if I'm a franchise, I'd rather take the gamble on selecting a, a, a rookie in the draft higher that I feel has, again, that fit that can get into my offense and bring something to it. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to push somebody up that, that grades out in the 20s up into the teens, there will be artificial push. There always is. But I will say this. If you are a team that is not used to picking in the top ten, certainly in the top seven, and you happen to have one of those picks this year, if you can't trade out of that for the, the boatload of picks that you would like because the, the class for quarterbacks is not that drastic, you I think you have to go take a quarterback because you might not have another chance to pick in that top echelon where you have your, your selection – narrow down that you can get a quarterback that you feel is serviceable. You go ahead and, and bring in a free agent and you you know, end up as a, a borderline wildcard team the next year. Now all of a sudden you're picking it in the high teens. You're in the twenties. Yeah. Now th- there's the next season doesn't offer you any opportunity for a quality quarterback, in my opinion. So I think it's worth the gamble.
1: And then you might run into a situation like the 49ers where you have to trade, you know, multiple future first round picks to move up all the way to three, for a guy, uh, you know, and, that is going to be something that teams are going to have to take into account when you see some of these quarterbacks that are available. Marcus Mariota, I think his time—he was a quarterback that you know took Tennessee. I don't want to say he took Tennessee, but he was a part of being a quarterback with Tennessee, and they ultimately you know went to the playoffs mm-hmm. and I believe won the playoff game as well. You know you're going to see people being intrigued by him, and teams are going to have to kind of find that balance between. Are we planning for the future with some of these guys, but we're not as high. But then again, like you said, got to take into account what might happen the following year where, okay, maybe we win a few too many games with the Marcus Mariota. Then are we going to have to trade up to get all the way up? I mean, those are things that I can't wait to see how things kind of work out with that. But next up, man, we're going to get to how things are working out for none other than Mac Jones. And we've touched on a little bit before, but... As the season goes on, we're able to gather more and more information. So we're going to get to Mac Jones and the situation there at quarterback and how that position is being f- f- uh, viewed. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Bilt Bar. And if you haven't had a Bilt Bar yet, you are missing out. Now, listen, they, they say it's a, a protein bar, but it is more like a candy bar, man. It tastes really good. It doesn't taste like your typical protein bars that are chalky and waxy and just plain hard to really eat. A Built Bar is soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, man, you know you're eating something that's very different. Really good bar. Our Built Bars are low in carb and low in calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many different flavors. All right. And another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouthwatering flavors that you could choose from. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, which is my favorite and my wife's favorite. All Those good things, so to eat, use some built bar, go to built.com right now, use promo code lock15 and get 15% off of your next order. All right, use promo code lock15 for 15% off at built.com. And while you are out already online, why not go to bed online? All right, and yeah, bed, bed online right now is back and better than ever with a new web interface. For the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head over right now to our new updated uh, mobile website to sign up and receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. All right, now, from basketball, football, uh, baseball when it's in season, NHL, boxing, UFC, all that great stuff, right down to your... Favorite Vegas casino games. You don't have to wait to take advantage of this amazing offer. Just use it right now. All throughout 2021 seasons. All right. Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And that's Online, where the games start. Now, speaking of starter, Mac Jones, he started off. Uh, he's trending up every week. It <laughs> seems like he's improving. He's getting better and better. And this was the guy that. Most people had it QB five in this class behind the Trevor Lawrence behind uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. But Right now he's having the most success out of all these guys. And the way he's doing it is just a really high rate of efficiency and not just for a a rookie. At first it was, Oh, he's playing well for a rookie. Mm -hmm. Now he's just playing well for a starting quarterback. I've seen some uh, analytical postings and things that have him as high as a Uh, you know, the number five quarterback in certain categories in the entire NFL. So he's playing at a high level and kind of defying all odds and all the limitations that people put on him. He's like, no, you guys can put those limitations on me, but I'm going to play to a much higher standard. Right now, he's playing efficient. He's playing great. He's running the offense very well. It looks in sync. What are you seeing from Mac Jones right now?
0: You know, I'm seeing again, right back to what we talked about in the last segment, fit. And and credit to the staff in New England for adapting what they want to do to what he's doing to keep him efficient, to keep him on target. I think, honestly, at this point, Mac is kind of the poster child for this next class because it is about fit, because a guy that wasn't supposed to be the cannon arm, wasn't supposed to be the mobile quarterback that can hurt you with his legs, like all the things that he was not is now playing into his strength because he's on a roster that is playing to his strengths and allowing him to be who he is. And that might be the best formula for the, the vast majority of this coming class. And we didn't see him coming either. So maybe that's a feather in the cap for, for Pickett. Maybe it's uh, you know somebody else coming out of the blue because of outplaying expectations gets you on radars. It gets you playing games with Kyle Shannon, you know, back and forth about who they were looking for, et cetera. I think if I'm anybody in this draft class, I want to be talking to Mac Jones. I want to be emulating his offseason. I want to be emulating his hype through any of the postseason all-star games. Certainly at my pro day, like I'm doing a number of those things to try and emulate what he's gotten done.
1: Right. And, And the crazy thing is, I mean, you look at, you know, just his physical stature and things like that. That stuff hasn't mattered, you know. You, you you watch how he's played, and especially in comparison to other guys, and we've seen flashes, right? I mean, there's things that you know I watch Justin Fields do, and I think this is this is the conversation that NFL front offices are going to have have to have, mm-hmm. right? You can sit and you can watch Justin Fields, and he could do some things, and you're like, man, Mac Jones just can't do that, and he may never be able to do that. But the one thing that Mac Jones is doing better than all these other guys, just his processing, his decision-making. He's getting the ball out of his hands right now. Now, I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know if it's the situation that he's in. But we've seen it now in multiple places, where there's Alabama and now New England. How would you kind of prioritize having the things you can't teach in your quarterback in comparison to the things that you can teach, right? Because Justin Fields or... Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, all these other guys—they have things that it's like, man, I can't teach that, mm-hmm. but I can teach some of these things that Mac Jones does. But Mac Jones does it at such a high level. You know, how do you kind of differentiate the two and prioritize them when drafting a quarterback?
0: Well, for me, if I'm the front office, it's got to be what are we looking to do? Are we looking to go kind of what the general direction of the NFL is—is is trying to have those athlete quarterbacks? that are two-way goes, that can RPO you, that can keep the ball and hurt you a little bit? Or do you want to have a little bit more of a traditional offense? Stand in the pocket, maybe move the pocket a little bit, but not necessarily look for yardage out of your quarterback. At the end of the day, it's about what do you do at either an uber – high efficiency or an at a, an elite level and that doesn't have to be a physical thing like Jones with the mental processing being able to make reads deliver the ball to where it needs to go that is an elite skill as well it doesn't have to be can you break the pocket do you have Mahomes' arm strength and that kind of thing but it has to be elite at something for me and then I can build around that and maybe mold my offense to help whatever that is and I, whatever skill you have it comes down to your oc and your head coach being able to help you get there
1: now with mac jones i think it was clear early on in the process that he was this i actually had put out a tweet uh you know as a 49er fan somebody that covers the 49ers you know we were looking at i knew the 49ers going to be looking for a quarterback in the future i remember kind of putting out this tweet early in like october where i said man Matt Jones is the most Kyle shanahan uh, quarterback in this class. Meaning, you know, when you look at some of the quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan has played with, whether it's Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, you know, even Jimmy Garoppolo, you're like, man, he's like those guys. But he actually brings a different element than even like Jimmy Garoppolo because of his ability to throw to the different levels of the field and his terrific deep ball, which I thought he was one of the best deep ball passers in this game. Again, maybe not the biggest arm, definitely not the most mobility. But he did these
0: other things at a really high level. Go ahead. Clarify what you mean by that, though. Why is his was his deep ball the best? Is it because he, he allows his guys to make plays on it, puts in a good position to be able to track it easily?
1: Well, I mean, so there's two ways to kind of look at this. And this was the hard thing with really kind of evaluating him. When you're throwing the ball to Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, and, you know, like Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddell, yeah. right? I mean, and obviously, like, He only played so many games with Ruggs and and Judy, but also played, you know, a bunch of games with the other two guys. Do they make it easier to throw the deep ball? Do they make you more comfortable throwing the deep ball? One thing I've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo and his deep ball, and it's like, man, it's just the confidence. Like all these quarterbacks have the ability to throw the deep ball, but I think their confidence in their ability to really throw it and put it in the right spot or that their guy's going to come down with it. I think there's a big part of just trusting the guy you're throwing to. And clearly – he trusted his guys. Talking about Mac Jones to the maximum, where he throw it out there, and I mean, yeah, a lot of it was just the location of it, where he put those balls. He would lead them, and 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 at times when he didn't throw such a great ball, they still went up and made plays for him. And I think that gave him the confidence that no matter what, there's going to be more positive on the uh, end of results than negative. So yeah, when it was you know with him with a deep ball, there were some passes where I mean I remember the the Missouri game, he threw a deep ball down. The, not even, it was in like a deep, deep ball, but I'd say they were maybe on the 25, 30-yard line. He threw a goal route to uh, uh, Jalen Waddle, a slot fade, and it was like over two defenders and like just in the back of the end zone where it was the only place for Waddle to be able to make the catch, and he made it, got both feet down in bounds, and it was just like, dang. Too many of these quarterbacks are throwing that pass and putting it in that position Mm -hmm. in that location and that kind of led me to believe like yeah this guy he he's just he's doing a lot of things at a really high level And this i just want to see do do teams start to kind of go away from being so infatuated with the other guys with higher end traits and just finding them at mac jones now the other side of that is how many mac jones are there guys that can uh process things and are quick with their decision making at that high of a level you talked Mm -hmm. about elite traits i think that's that's an elite trait that he has, and maybe other guys just won't be able to get to that.
0: I, I completely agree with you, and I'm really intrigued by the different ways that guys attack the deep throws. It's it's certainly accuracy, like you said, make sure that your guy is in the best position to do that. But I also think that something that isn't talked about enough is – Who's accurate when they have to change the trajectory of those passes? If you have to put more air on it, are you just as accurate as if you're throwing it on a rope for you, whatever your arm strength happens to be, right? Because I think that ability to change is really key, and that's what I look for when I'm I'm looking at deep passers in particular. I don't know what this class is going to give us, but I'm guessing I'm going to find a couple of hints when I start looking at throws over 30 yards.
1: Right. And one thing, um, last thing about the deep ball too is sometimes – the receivers can make you look more accurate on your deep ball than you really are because their ability to adjust to the ball while it's in the air and end up getting to a spot where it looks like you hit them on the money, but maybe it wasn't that great of a throw. So mm-hmm. those are the things, all the things you have to take into account and we're going to find out more about this class where they had it. I know this, this won't be the last time that we talk about these quarterbacks and we're going to start to kind of figure out, you know, we got Todd McShay talking I can't wait to see, you know, Mel Kiper, what's going to be his order, all right? And then eventually, you'll get to my order and Mr. Uh, Ryan Tracy's order as well. But to hear all that, you guys got to make sure you guys keep it locked. And again, we want to thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day. I'm Eric Crocker. This is Ryan Tracy from Locked On NFL Draft. We'll see you guys tomorrow when we're joined by Rob Rang. Till then, peace.